Moving into the barriers, Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. Set and underway for Moody on the mic. We're back for Moody on the mic for another week. Thursday morning record this week. It's a little bit strange. It means that there's no 4X Ruckman in shot with uh, the great man Peter Moody. But my, I'm Roger Aldridge and my three colleagues are all up there in sunny Queensland as I'm awaiting uh, news in Victoria of whether we're allowed to leave the house. So uh, let's start with you, Moods. How are you? Very well, Rog. I've had about 36 hours in Queensland and coming back to lockdown today by the looks of it. Uh, back to Melbourne this morning. So, uh, strange times we live in. We know that. We've got used to it the last 18 months, so we'll just bat on. And uh, the main thing is racing has been the big survivor throughout all these uh, in different times. But uh, Queensland Carnival punches on. I'm not a player this week. I'm a player next week, so I'm hoping I can come back. But uh, regardless of that, my horses uh, hopefully will be able to travel and... Uh, what happened last week? We saw a demolition job in the Doomben Cup, didn't we, Zaki? Uh, you know, did he did he beat up on pensioners, or is he the the new real deal? Um, I suppose therein lies the question mark. Times suggest it was okay. It wasn't scintillating, wasn't track record, but he, he looked bloody good in doing it. Uh, but what else is he going to have to beat going forward? I suppose is the question mark. Annabelle Neesham's got the the rising star of Australian racing got to mix it with the likes of very elegant and that in the spring but uh, you'd be pretty happy to have him in the backyard i reckon going forward well we will see him again this preparation in uh in i think next weekend and then obviously uh the talk is already of a cox plate after that dominant win on the weekend mytho's a little bit lower in shot this week because he's uh all that cash that usually sits in his back pocket has just been expelled at the horse sales um Shooting up the common man rankings by showing out around 20 million over the space of 24 hours, Mitho. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a bit of a dash. Um, and i um, pleased to say that I've got a brother-in-law that um, sells a few T-shirts and is going to pay for it all. So um, it's, uh, it's been, a, been a big week. We've added a beautiful collection of mares. But um, um, that's for the future when we can produce some fast racehorses and we'll let them go fast. But uh, I was similarly impressed with Zaki. In fact, probably more so than Pete. Pete's, Pete's gone down the Glen Boss, did, did this horse beat much uh, track. I'd be very careful about that. I ran into J-Mac up here um, after, uh, after the demolition job there at Doombin and, and said, what'd you, what'd you give to Bossy? I think we all saw, we all saw that stand high in the irons and he, and he pointed to Bossy and showed him the horse. And uh, I said, what'd you say? And he said, I just said, have a think before you open your big fat gob, your bozo. <laughs> which, which was about right. Because Bossy said when Zaki brained him in the, uh, at, at the Gold Coast, um, he, he came out with similar comments to Peter Moody. So you wouldn't want our friend J-Mac to hear you, Mood, saying how much points he I, I said there's an argument there for both ways. I'm big enough to stand up and say that. Um, you know, it's... I oh, say so you're uh, sitting the, on the fence. You've got the paling well, stuck a, right if, up your asshole, have you? Yeah, well, if, is if, he if a good you horse a, or is he not a good horse? He looks a very good horse. He looks oh, a he very... Looks a good horse. He looks a good horse. Well, he looks an outstanding horse. He looked outstanding on Saturday, but if no, you had to listen for a minute... So, if you, so if you had to listen for a minute instead of talking... Um, jury out, jury out. I, I said it was, it, was, it was an open each way bet. You know, did he beat up on pensioners? But I also said he's probably not going to have to meet anything a lot different outside of very Ellen. Did you ask J Mac while you were climbing up between the cheeks of his ass uh, what he was going to ride, Zaki or very elegant going forward? And now you're very much in the J Mac corner because who are Jamie Carr as dead set boned you 
uh, and has moved on. Last week, I oh, will be running the horse wherever Jamie tells us to run. And Jamie will do this and Jamie will do that. Oh, oh Jamie, my favourite girl, Jamie. Jamie doesn't want to ride yours in a maiden at Mildura. You've had to go <laughs> suck it up to J-Mac to get him to ride. What was that thing that won in Adelaide the other day? Blonde, butter blonde or something? Not butter, oh, I can't even think of its name. That Brooklyn thing Hustle, that, you mean, Brooklyn Peter. Hustle, yeah, yeah. The one that looks like the trigger in the old westerns and uh and and mr quickie also uh jay cars moved on uh, she's quickly forgotten rosemont and she won't be wearing the hoodie or the silly hat that you've got on uh let's quickly we'll come back to that just say good day to rain man because he's sitting there in silence for the last 10 minutes while uh, these two go on a i don't know what the dual version of a monologue is but uh good day rain man hello roger i was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with uh moods and mipo at the sales yesterday and when I was walking around with Mitho yesterday, it was like walking around with royalty or a rock star. Oh. Everywhere you look, people were bowing down. People were coming up to congratulate him. It was uh, it was incredible. It was uh, you don't normally see Peter Moody play uh, second fiddle at anything uh, anything that involves racing. But yesterday at the Magic Millions Broodmare Sales, Mitho had top top billing. It was Mitho on the mic, and Moods was just a <laughs> hanger on. Well, you can you can generally say that if you if you're shelling out a lot of cash, you can get people to kiss a lot of appendages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well good, said. Good, well good. said. Yeah. No, well, I might dig out my billionaire brother-in-law next weekend. <laughs> I just want to find. I think <laughs> I think I think he's living in the Congo somewhere. I keep getting those emails telling them that he's left me a hundred million. Is he our <laughs> listener? Is he our listener in Nigeria? I think he yeah, might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He moved. He moved over there when his auntie left him hundred million. Well, Mitho, just take us through what has happened with Jamie Carr and the desertion of Rosemont Stud. Oh well, everyone's at a bit of a loss, to be honest. We've gone into mourning. Flags are at half mast. Um, no, she wanted to. Well, the manager, I think, wanted to uh, see the state of play. Um, after this weekend for the Stradbroke. Um, so couldn't give us a firm commitment. And um, uh, J-Mac was pretty keen uh, with um, Mark Guest and the team to uh, to get him on Mr Quickie um, when weights re- were released. Obviously, J-Mac um, riding at, uh, I think, 56 as a push for him. So um, there was only a few horses um, in the weight division that, that he could ride and Mr. Quickie being a good rider, he was pretty keen to to um, to get himself in the saddle. So um, rather wait and let J-Mac go and take a ride between now and the weekend and, and Jamie have a look at the races and her manager um, decide which way to go. Um, she's riding Vega One, I think, this weekend, who's a chance to go into the into the straight break. So um, understand all those things, but um, you've got to got to make the right decision for your horse so um we had a chat to wiley and, and stokes in the crew and said well you know jay makes a pretty good option so let's go that way so he's he's locked in and um and we'll uh brooklyn hustle's come up she's arrived uh, safely on tuesday she looks terrific and um we're uh going to run in the dane ripper and then into the tats tiara so um and we're not entirely sure who will ride her there um <laughs> She's bad. She's boned you again. She's boned. Oh, I'll run Brooklyn Hustle where Jamie where Jamie can ride her. What weight? Yes, the bone. What, what weight does Brooklyn Hustle have? Where you can? Uh, what do you have? Do you have a lot of options with Brooklyn Hustle? Yes, yes, we do. Yes, so so three thousand seven hundred and sixty-two jockeys, but none of them as good as Jamie Carr, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, move on. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Move on. Lawley, it's, Lawley, it's on. a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, Lawley, isn't it? Yeah, we've moved on. Rayman, let's get your view on Zaki. Yeah, Zaki couldn't couldn't have been more impressive, really. You can only beat what put it in front put in front of you. So obviously, Sir Dragon A, Mugger Two didn't really show up, but but she beat all the others. Uh, he beat all the others fair and square there. Uh, there's probably been a bit of an overreaction in the Cox Plate market. Uh, he's now is about four fifty to win the Cox Plate, which is still a while off. And I think Winks after her her after she'd already won two Cox Plates at this time of year was three fifty. So. It's 450 for a Cox plate at this time of year might be uh, a bit of a overreaction, but I think it's a positive that Annabelle Nisham is keeping him in work and will go to the U22 race because the issue you've sometimes got with these imports in Australia, they come out and their first uh, their first campaign is nothing short of outstanding. Then they they go to the spelling paddock, they come back and they're a shadow of the horse. We've seen it many times in recent. Constantinople was uh, a favourite for a Melbourne Cup, ran really well in a Caulfield Cup, and then since then has barely. Uh, fired a shot. Uh, it's happened a few times with uh, a number of uh, high-profile horses. So I think Annabelle Nisham's done the right thing here. And this is a, a very big training challenge for her to try to keep this horse at this level. But based on what we've seen so far, he does look like an elite group on talent and he deserves to be in the mix for a race like the Ludbrokes Cox Plate. One thing that does irritate me, regardless of that horse's ability, is I think we see it year in, year out when these horses come out from Europe and, and people downplay the quality of our racing stock. I think what should be celebrated more is the quality of our Australian trainers. Uh, this horse was trained by Sir Michael Stout, one of the great trainers of world racing, but he might've been taken over by one of the greater trainers and an up and coming trainer in Annabelle Nation. We see it time and time again. And, and I said it years ago when I had a bit of luck with a horse called Menegar and I was nearly hung and quartered in Europe for the fact that I suggested that maybe we improve these horses on these great European trainers. I you think would. our training our, our training methods are much more advanced. We're much more open-minded. We have a lot more scope in the way we go about training these horses. They're not pigeonholed like they are in Europe. They come out here to this environment. And I think a lot of them find lengths because they're much better trained. Is Annabelle Nisham a better trainer than Sir Michael Stout? Massive call. But she's got this horse absolutely flying. Um, so don't play up downplay the opposition, I would suggest to you that maybe this horse has improved in his current environment and maybe he's been trained better. Maybe. Maybe he beat up on old pensioners. Maybe. I don't know. But don't forget, Australian trainers, I believe, are the best in the world and they significantly improved these European horses. We've seen it for a lot of years now. It started with the great Colin Hayes and TJ Smith, Bart Cummings, many years before. Uh, these horses just go to a new level in a new environment, train differently and train more open-mindedly than they are anywhere else in the world. A really interesting perspective there. I can see the headlines now when I write them in about two hours' time. I am here to show you all how to Ladbroke it. Kachingos! We've Ladbroke the Ladbrokes app and made it faster than ever before. Never miss a minute of the action with the new and improved Ladbrokes app. Download it today. But let's not stop there. Let's Ladbrokes the world! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, a huge day of racing at Eagle Farm on Saturday, and there is Group 1s, obviously, but there's going to be plenty of attention, I dare say perhaps more attention, uh, on the Fred Best Classic, which is Race 3 on the program, because... It is the horse we did briefly mention before in Ayrton. 
going around in this as a, a very short favourite. Ray Man needs to win to get in to the Stradbroke handicap. Yeah, it's really exciting, Rog, to see Ayrton in Queensland. He's come up as a dollar sixty favourite. He's going to need to be pretty good though, because it's a decent field here. Exo Boom's been racing really well for Team dollars. Apache Chase, one of the best local three-year-olds, has been well backed early, 14s into 11. Midland's been racing well for Chris Lee. Amish Boys there at $18. He ran really well in a new market handicap. So we will get a, a decent insight into uh, just how good Ayrton is. And it's definitely the toughest challenge he's faced during his racing career to date. Uh, obviously, he, he does look very, very good. Uh, all the ratings uh, gurus have pegged him as a potential superstar. And it's, it's not very often we sort of see these horses that are really like all the horses that are lightly raised that haven't really been exposed at black type level that sort of get these, uh, get labeled as uh, future stars by the ratings gurus. Uh, if we go way back, uh, Black Caviar was a horse that was uh, picked up very early into her career as a, as a potential star. When the first couple of starts as a two-year-old, she was sort of labeled as uh, potentially the best horse, uh, the best two-year-old in the country on ratings even though she hadn't raced in any of those uh, black type races. And obviously uh, that got proved to be very, very right. So they can go either way, uh, these sort of horses. Uh, I personally think Ayrton will live up to the hype, especially on Saturday. Uh, I think he can beat this uh, this this field. Uh, Mick Price is a trainer that we, we've sort of talked about before that he doesn't go out to, to praise his horses. He's normally pretty matter of fact. He's pretty upfront about what he thinks of his horse's chances. And he seems pretty bullish. Uh, we spoke to uh, Mick Price and uh, Roll the Dice uh, Roll the dice Racing uh, founder, Lee Savile, for a piece about Ed and that will uh, be released on Ladbroke's social media channels later in the week. And, uh, yeah, Mick is very bullish. So I uh, can't wait to see Ed in action. Hopefully he does win because I think he adds uh, a whole new element of excitement to the Strawberry Candy Cup this year. Obviously, he's, he's taking on a reasonably good field and carrying 57 kilos. If he does win this moods, uh, he's going to drop right down to, what, is it 51 or, or 49, 49 for the Stradbroke? And, and, I mean, he will take on a better field. But you'd think, how much does he have to win by here for you to think, yeah, he's, he's going to walk the Stradbroke in? Well, there's a few variables going into this. He's racing um, the uh, clockwise direction for the first time. And, uh, you know, travelled up to Queensland away from his home base at Caulfield. But they, he had to come up by road. So uh, Mick Price has been up here with him the whole way through. But for me, seeing is believing, his wins in Victoria have been absolutely outstanding. So if he copes with those couple of hurdles that were put in front of him, the reverse direction and the travel up, and I'm sure Mick Price wouldn't be running him because he's got such an opinion of him if he hasn't handled both. Uh, I, you know, he looks absolutely outstanding, the cult. Uh, you know, interesting, he's, you know, some 20 ratings points below some of his opposition here. But, uh, you know, you've just got to look at potential. Do you want to be playing at $1.60? Oh, listen, I don't know. I'm not a punter, so I'm not going to be pro- – that's not going to figure into my calculations. I'll just sit back, watch, enjoy, and let's hope, uh, let's hope he is the next big thing because these horses just create great interest in our terrific sport. And uh, let's hope the – you know, it, it just really continues to build around Ayrton and it'll be exciting to see a young, undisposed horse into a Stradbroke if he does win here on Saturday. Mitho, just briefly, how far, Ayrton? Uh, no. Um, oh. I'll, be pulling on his ta- I'll be pulling on his tail because as an old journo, uh, Rog, you should know this, you're barracked for the story. And I reckon this could be one of the great stories. I mean, he's won, a, he's won an off-Broadway off three-year-old handicap at Caulfield last start. Um, he goes into a Fred Best at $1.60 and he's already favourite for 
a race, a group one race that he's not yet qualified to race in, um, the story is him getting beaten. And and what the Ladbrokes uh, trading floor will do then to the Stradbroke market, I've obviously got a vested interest because Mr Quickie's um, you know, third or fourth favourite uh, in that um, Stradbroke. So one less to beat would be uh, would suit me down to the ground. Um, it depends, what, might, uh, depends what story you barrack for me, though, because I like to think there's a great story and an emerging champion. And also the fact <laughs> that one of my mates is a part owner, I'm pretty keen for Eton to keep going the way he's going. Well, you can barrack for that, and I'll be pulling on his tail. Let's just say that. I'm I'm in the exo-boom camp. Go to boom. All right, let's move on now to the size produce. This was the race we thought we'd be seeing Gimme Par in for Peter Moody, but alas, she's in the paddock, and now I don't give a stuff about the race. But, um, yeah, Rayman, what do the punters think of the race? Prince of Boom, another unbeaten horse here. Rog has been well backed early, $5 into $4.20. Ranchan, solid there for Chris Waller is $6. Port Louis, $7.50. Overpass, $8.50. They're the only other horses at single figure odds. So I've got a bit of time of, about Prince of Boom. Uh, before his second race start, Robert Heathcote came out and said that he thinks Prince of Boom could be just as good as Rothfire, which is uh, very, very high praise. And he came out last start and proved that. Uh, Robert Heathcote might just be right here. He gave them an absolute flogging last start. And uh, the horses coming out of that, that race, they don't have to improve to be able to, uh, to turn the tables on him. So I think he's, he's very exciting. He's still got plenty of upside. Uh, barrier 13 is a little bit tricky. We'll need a bit of luck in running with Ben Thompson in the saddle. But I just think this horse has got a huge amount of upside. Uh, I've got a bit of an opinion of Ranch Hand. was probably a bit unlucky not to win the Ken Russell Memorial Classic. Down no rush you thought he'd won. Uh, but Sorry, he did, was half a length. Yeah, didn't, didn't win there. We should angle. take good improvement from that run. So I think he's uh, he's the main danger. So I'd be surprised if the winner didn't come from one of those two. But I'm pretty keen on Prince of Boom here. He's one of my best bets of the day. Well, I'm on ranch. I was on ranch head as you mentioned the other week. I, I'm going to stick with him here. I think he's a good horse, and, uh, and yeah, I'm happy to stick with him. Ray man, what do you reckon? Uh, sorry, moods. What do you reckon? Yeah, listen, I, I haven't got much of a handle on this form. Uh, we know Chris Wallers used these late-season two-year-old classics in Queensland to launch some very promising horses. Uh, uh, this race and the TJ Smith in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so uh, great respect for Ranch Hand. Prince of Booms look very good, albeit on soft conditions. Uh, two times, now he's got to come to a firmer deck at Eagle Farm uh, and... Uh, deal with an awkward barrier, but respect Robert Heathcote. If he's uh, anywhere near as good as Rothfire, this horse just wins, I, I would presume. So that's a big statement. So I'm going to get splinters on my ass here. I, I just don't know enough about the exposed form. Um, no, nah, listen, no idea. No idea. Sorry. I suppose the horse in form that's drawn good is Overpass. It won at the Gosford Saturday meeting, standalone meeting recently there in Sydney, but it's, it's worked its way from Orange and those types of races. Uh, and it's put together three on the trot. Uh, yeah, no idea. I'm Ranch Hand. Uh, I've, you, you stole my thunder there, Moods. Um, uh, Chris Waller's an expert at this carnival with these two-year-olds. Um, uh, horses like the Autumn Sun and Zoo Star, he's uh, plundered this beautifully, uh, these, these late-season two-year-old races. So uh, Ranch Hand from me. Um, and uh, don't underestimate Converge, the... Uh, the Frankel gelding um, in the Gay Waterhouse stable. Um, it's going pretty well and was a pretty good performance in the Champagne. So um, you, uh, don't underestimate uh, Adrian and Gay. And I think we can claim part of uh, the Ranch Hand story there, Mitho, uh, actually breeding him or mating the mare, uh, the Fastnet Rock, and then we on sold her, obviously. So, well, a little bit of a 
Rosemont Moody Racing uh, connection there with Ranch Hand uh, that we actually did the mating for this particular cult. Uh, and interesting to note, the fast network Danehill line stock always improve massively when they get onto permadex. So he's coming off that wet track run at the Gold Coast, which should see him improve also. And exciting for Queensland Racing, Rayman. That uh, I think Rothfire is back, um, back having a gallop uh, this week, which is well, not just for Queensland Racing. It's exciting for Australia Racing. Yeah, he worked at uh, track work on Tuesday, the same morning as Ed. And so now very exciting to see Rothfire back before he got injured in that Golden Rose. We were sort of talking about him as the next big superstar of Australian racing. So fingers crossed we can get him back to his uh, best form because he's uh, a very good horse, yeah, not just for Queensland racing, but for racing in general. Well, one of the superstars of Australian racing at the moment is Explosive Jack, a, a multiple group one winner we can doubt whether Explosive Jack can possibly rise again for another win. But he's obviously given us, honestly, given us no reason to do so or to doubt Kieran and Dave. Uh, do I want to bet him at $2.90? Probably not. But, geez, I'd love to see him add another Group 1 win in the Queensland Derby. Do the punters feel like he is indeed the one to beat? Obviously, the bookies do. Yeah, he's definitely the horse to beat here, Rog. And I think I do want to bet him at the at the $2.90, to be honest. he He's got he's reached a level. I don't think it's the best... Uh, crop of three-year-old stayers we've had uh, in recent memory. But Explosive Jack, I think, is just the best of them. Uh, you can't knock anything he's done thus far. He went to Tasmania, won that race. He outstayed them in the Australian Derby and then proved that was no fluke in the South Australian Derby. So I think Kieran Ma and David Eustace, they've got a great record with, the, with these staying types. They know how to keep them up and running. And there's not there's not really a huge amount of horses here that, of the lightly raced brigade that sort of uh, scream out to me that they can uh, come out and, and knock Explosive Jack off here. So I'm, I think Explosive Jack's going to be very tough to beat. If you are looking for one at a price, I think he's a shocker. Number 16 for Big Price and Michael Kent Jr. It's currently $26. I think it can run a race. It was sent to New Zealand for the uh, Group 2 Champions Stakes there at Ellerley. Won that race narrowly. I just think... It's the horse in this field that does have a fair amount of upside. So it's drawn 14. Mark Zara will need to be uh, very good. But I think at $26, it's a, it's a good each way back. But I'm ha- I bet, but I'm happy to stick with Explosive Jack here. He's just the, he's the proven horse. He's got the proven form. Boots, can you see one of the others beating Explosive Jack? Like Kieran and Dave also got, they've got Let's Crack a Deal, who they've got a high opinion of as well, uh, as well in the market. Yeah, well, uh, Let's Crack a Deal is probably... You know, he's drawn to get a better run this week. Is that enough to turn the tables on his stablemate, Explosive Jack? Probably not. Probably sees him finishing a bit closer. You, you, you keep wondering um, how long this horse keeps going to the well. But, uh, you know, congratulations to Mar Eustace team for being a fine training performance, keeping this horse up, Explosive Jack. And uh, the manner in which he's gone about it, it's just he's got to have an off day for these horses to beat him. He's got to not turn up. So that, that that's your betting variable. Um if he turns up in, in the form of his, you know, last two derby runs, uh, he just wins, plain and simple. And we actually had the opportunity to see him yesterday having a graze out there on the lawn at the Gold Coast, and he looks in great order. Uh, he's another that had the road trip up, and he had a stop over in Sydney on the way. But, uh, yeah, just uh, if he turns up, he wins, plain and simple. Let's crack a deal, and probably uh, he's a shocker for the multiples, but uh, can't see him being beaten if he turns up. And he hasn't not turned up since about start number one. I mean, his, his record is yeah. eight starts, five wins, a second and a third. I mean, it's he, he just yeah. turns up. He just keeps going. Mitho. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm a, I'm I'm long here. I'm with Rain Man. I reckon he's one of the best bets of the day. Explosive Jack. If you if you just did your form, you'd say, well, why isn't this horse dollar eighty? You know, he's he's been winning derbies. He's won three of them. He's um created uh, history. Um, I, I just think his form says he's the winner and and should be a lot shorter in the market. Um, history in the making here. He's had um he's won the three derbies. I don't think that's ever been done. Uh, since they ran two derbies in Western Australia. They used to have run the Australian derby and the West Australian derby, and a horse years ago won both of those and, and pinged off something else. So uh, history in the making here. Talk about barracking for a story. I'm barracking for explosive Jack to explode down the Eagle Farm straight and win with a leg in the air. So explosive Jack should be shorter in the market. Load up, punters. Well, I hope everyone's right, because I'd love to see explosive Jack get another win. And uh, just right. a little pump up for my old mate, Petey Moody. He did drag him out of the New Zealand sales. He did pick him as a yearling and uh, wasn't training at the time, bought him for the clients that now own him. So uh, well done, Petey. He's a, he's a lovely horse and he could be a, he could be a real pinup horse, this horse. So he's gaining momentum as, as a bit of a cult follower. So uh, well done, Petey. You've done it again. Yeah, well, well played. You talk about backing for a story. Well, in the Kingsford Smith Cup, we see a horse called Sabbath2XL. Now, this horse was out of the Northern Territory. It was racing Alice Springs and Darwin. They got it down to win a Balaclava Cup mm-hmm. to the team McAvoy, and it came out and won a Group 1 last start. Rayman, has there been money suggests that Sabbath2XL can head to Queensland and do it all again? He's actually the early Ludbrokes market mover, Rod Shover2XL, being $15 into $13. Sabatiano is the favourite here at $4. Guitra's $4.80. Then you've got a bit of a gap to uh, trekking there. $8 and then you're getting double figures for the rest. Uh, it's an interesting uh, addition to this Kingsford Smith Cup. I mean, there's a few different angles to take here, but I just can't knock Sabatiano at the moment. This uh, this mare's absolutely flying. She's had an outstanding preparation. She won the uh, she won the Canterbury Stakes, got that Group 1 win on the board, and then only very narrowly denied by Colding in the All-Age Stakes. And I don't think there's a horse as good as Colding in, in this field. Uh, Gitra on its best form, I would definitely have in the mix here, but he was a little bit flat in the Goodwood first up, third behind 72XL. And Guitra is not generally a horse that improves as he gets into his preparation. Often he's, he normally has his races uh, spaced and he generally does bring his best form fresh. So I'm just not sure he's got the improvement in him to uh, get to the level, which I think he'll need to get to to beat Sabatiano because she's just, uh, she's a very consistent mare really. And her level is, uh, is quite good. It's definitely good enough to win a group one. So um, if I'm looking for one at a bit of value, I wouldn't be surprised to see the old boy Kevin Tari run a bit of a race at $20. He was pretty good at the all-age stakes, and uh, he, I've been a bit of a tragic for him in the past. I've, I've gotten off him. I've, I've managed to kick the habit, but I'm thinking about falling off the Kevin Tari wagon this week, and at $20, I wouldn't be surprised to see him run a bit of a race. Yeah, I was in Kevin Tari rehab with you, Rain Man. Don't worry about that. But I, I do think that the possibility of Yitra finding his best form is the only reason we're getting the price we are about Sabatiano. Because if you look at that, Sabatiano just looks like uh, an absolute near uncertainty to win this race. Moods. Yeah, well, I think that probably the only slight knock Sabatiano is back on good ground. Even though she's a multiple winner on good ground, she, that soft range she seems to really excel at. Um, so track conditions could probably play a major part. Probably the big improver here on top of the ground. He's, he's been fair. His two returning runs is a stable mate trekking. Uh, he, he's drawn a bit wide and a bit awkward, but I reckon he's the one that can find a considerable margin uh, if we do get that good four deck on Saturday. And I, I'd be keeping a close eye on him. 
the Savat top. What do we call it? Savat two XL. Savat two XL. Um, just probably doubting that form a little bit. Uh, I, I've got to be honest. Is that going to measure up against this Sydney wait for age form? Savatiano goes forward, makes her own luck. Uh, I think it's between the stable mates, Kem- and that doesn't include Kem and Tari, I'm afraid. I think tracking and Savatiano have the race between them. If it's uh, if we get a shower of rain, big leaning to Savatiano. If it stays a firm deck, uh, watch out for tracking to bounce back uh, to his winning ways. Nicking over for me, way over the odds, should be shorter. Uh, last start winner, great fresh horse, uh, really good record second up. Um, I reckon we're getting, what are we getting? 16, 20 bucks, $15, that'll do. Um, and uh, just not, just a bit of an off-Broadway sort of horse, but this is a bit of an off-Broadway sort of race for me. So um, I think uh, Nick and over if um, James Orman can uh, negotiate a tri- little bit of a tricky barrier, barrier 11, um, I reckon it can uh, storm into the race. It's only missed a place once out of six tries second up. So uh, Nick and over at the good odds each way all day. Nicking over the odds for Anthony Mitham. Introducing our new Chief Entertainment Officer, Mike Iceberg. Here's how your Ladbroke players. Never miss a minute of the action with Ladbroke's Bet Ticker. View a real-time stream of incoming bets, like the stock market, only interesting, all from the palm of your hand. Watch where the money moves and get the inside word on all the big bets across all your favourite events. Or head straight to an individual race or sporting event to get the inside word on who punters are backing. Ladbroke it. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Okay, let's get through our best bets here on Moody on the Mic and we'll kick it off as we always do with the um, somewhat out of form, isn't it, Rain Man? Yeah, looking about back here, Rog. Uh, since the uh, carnival moved to my home deck uh, of Queensland, I've been uh, really battling. I'm hoping Explosive Jack can be the horse to get me uh, on track with my best bets. I just think he's the proven horse in this Queensland derby. Uh, so just sticking with the, uh, the proven commodity. And I've just got to... Normally, I'd be a little bit worried he might have gone over the top, but I've just got a huge amount of respect for the Mar used to stable with how they deal with these stayers. So happy to stick with Explosive Jack. I think he'll start shorter than the 290 currently available. I'm going to head to Caulfield, and we will get a little bit more out of Caulfield when we go to Peter Moody because he's got a couple of runners or a few runners there on Saturday at Caulfield. I had a good chat with Nick Ryan yesterday, whose stable is low-key flying at the moment. Uh, and like you, Moods, with these boutique stables, it's all about placement. Reckoning has been in great form on his last two starts at 1,400 in 70 and 78 grade. He makes the step up to a benchmark 84 on Saturday and at uh, 1,600 metres. And then Nick Ryan was going to run him in the 1,400 metre race. He looked at the competition and he changed back and went to the 1,600 metres. So uh, I am thinking Reckoning rightly placed race seven, number nine, around the $9 mark. So each way, all day. Reckoning at Caulfield. Now, Moods and Mytho are now in the same camera shot. Mytho, use, uh, you won't get the microphone. Oh, don't put the, oh, he's put the earpiece in. That's disgusting. All right, give us your best bet. Yeah, now I'm going with uh, Caulfield, race two, number 13. Sugartown, and guess what he's buying? Shame Shame Wars. Wars. That'd be right. That'd be right. Um, I've got to get out the sales and it's a feeling by a the way. cash. Oh, sorry. Didn't really do the form that well. Punters, don't be listening to me this week. I haven't had any chance to do any form. I've plucked that out because it's a shameless award, as you would expect. Um, got a good chance, though. It's in the market, right, man? Race $4 favourite. Yeah, there you go. I'm not too bad, am I? I'm off to the sales. See ya. Moods, you've got a, uh, a reasonable hand at, at, uh, at Caulfield on Saturday and uh, Wright and Rose, uh, the undefeated filly, 
the one that actually got your victory number 800 with Luke Nolan is uh, in it is uh, in on a Saturday. Uh, is, is she a chance to step up to the class? Well, once again, I hate to correct you, but it is a boy. It is a gelding, right, Rose? Yeah, so, <laughs> That's uh, a really girly name for a gelding. Yeah, well, it's getting the job done. But I've got to be honest, we're going to assess this race a bit more. He's drawn slightly awkward and where he lands in the run. And my racing manager, Jeff O'Connor, will pull the race apart in the next 24 hours. So there's probably some little doubt on him racing at the moment, just working out where he's going to get in the run. So he's still relatively inexperienced and probably hasn't got the smarts to overcome it unless we feel, uh, uh, you know, there's something uh, there that tells me otherwise. Uh, couple, so he's summed out. I've also got two in the mile and a quarter race, race six, another dollar. She has blinkers and a tongue tie, looking to turn her form around. She was very good second up, a little bit plain the other day. I think she can improve with the addition of the gear and the three kilo claim for Campbell Rewilla back in uh, Victoria. But the horse that uh, I've really been taken with the last few weeks is Significance, uh, horse six. I think uh, he sits on the pace, he'll roll forward and he'll make his own luck. Froggy knew it, 54 kilos. Any odds there, significance, uh, race six or six at Caulfield, uh, same man? $10 moods. Well, I would think significance each way all day in that race. Uh, he's just about ready to strike form, this big son of Frankel. He's needed a couple of conditioning runs to get into this stage, so I think he can run well. I, along with Rain Man, think Explosive Jack's probably the best bet around Australia this weekend. Uh, he's just got to, uh, you know, hold some any resemblance of his form and, and he wins. But uh, have something on significance each way. He's going to roll forward. He's going to make his own luck. He might be an overly fast horse, but I reckon he's the fastest horse in this race. And what do we do with fast horses? We let them run fast. And Froggy knew it will do that and hopefully lead from barrier to box. Let broke it.